0: Supposedly he's got a lawyer with $25,000 in a brown paper bag.
1: Follow the money. Just follow the money.
0: Okay, enough of that. Are you trying to be hi Z everybody? Throat? Is that what you're trying to <laughs> yes, be? Yes, it is.
1: Hi everybody. Hello. And
0: welcome to episode twenty-four.
1: Twenty-four.
0: We we kept track of what episode this was actually supposed to be. So
1: that way we don't look like idiots.
0: Nope. We're at number seventy-seven on the Ooh. AFI Top One Hundred, which yes. is all the presidents' Men from
1: 1976. 1976, number seventy-seven. Ah, heads number 77. hurts. <laughs> hurts already. Yep. You know something I realized the last episode we did not do? We did not actually do the normal summary of modern times. We skipped over that completely. I, know, I
0: said that. I completely to, didn't even realize it. I think I said that it. to my mom when we were listening to back episodes when we went to Johnson Creek last week. Yeah. And I'm like, crap.
1: Totally forgot. <laughs> totally forgot. About I mean, it's not that it matters, but we should do that. So, okay. a summary for all the president's men. Or do
0: we want to do our opinions first?
1: Oh, we could do the opinions. Okay,
0: you do your opinion first. I liked it. Eh.
1: Be a, yes be a eh. honest eh. Eh. i don't have an Here's eh on the my, website i'm
0: gonna get into it it's okay it's, <sighs>
1: or don't care for it
0: i didn't care for it all that Kay. much but Kay. i want to get into that with our discussion okay
1: okay that's fine
0: because i didn't fully not care for it
1: my level of enjoyment with it actually went down as we continued to watch i it.
0: understand why well that may have been because the pizza is not sitting well with us that we ate
1: We should just not eat junk food before we sit and watch a two and a half hour movie. We
0: really shouldn't. Okay, we can discuss that. So yes, we'll discuss that.
1: So right there, if you wanted to know, I thought it was okay, and you thought it was not so much.
0: Not so much. I understand, but not so much. Reporters Woodward and Bernstein uncover the details of the Watergate scandal that leads to President Nixon's resignation.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty good summary of it.
0: That's what IMDb says.
1: Yep, yep. (laughs) Well, at IMDb, you know how accurate they are.
0: Sophie's choice? Not so much accurate. Okay,
1: so they're not entirely accurate, okay?
0: <laughs> um, it's an eight out of ten. Yes. There's no meta score.
1: No meta score. See, I always repeat that. People you can start drinking when I repeat them There up, you bad. go. Look, there's you number one. Number one. It's kinda late. Too It is kinda right there. late right now
0: <laughs> for us. My summary is I like their shirts. <laughs> and Dustin Hoffman had great hair.
1: That's true. He had these this massive Head of hair. Massive head of hair. And when you only know him from, like, his very short old man hair that he's got nowadays, it's crazy okay. to think of him like he that. He didn't
0: have short old man hair in Rain Man.
1: He had short hair.
0: He had short hair, but it wasn't old short, man
1: hair. Not this hair. This hair. It no, was this like, is
0: like little big man hair.
1: He was like a lion. He it
0: was, was like,
1: I'm Dustin Hoffman. Arr. I was trying to make a growl with the word Hoffman, and it just kind of came <sighs> off as, like,
0: that didn't work it either. He just
1: sounds like Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways
0: it's on to you with oh, awards and me. technology there yes sir. it
1: is let me switch over to here so the awards and technology for this amazingly amazing film um there was 37 major award nominations okay eight were oscar nominations oh, it was interesting. nominated eight times it was nominated for best actress in a supporting role best director best film editing and best picture okay it won best actor in a supporting role uh jason richards I don't know who, what character he played.
0: Okay, let me, I'll check on that, that while you're talking. Uh,
1: best art direction, best sound, and best writing. Now, I, um, Do you
0: mean Jason Robards and not Jason Richards? Did I? Was it Robards? It's Robards. Oh. He was, uh, Ben Bradley. Oh. I'm like, Richards is not well, right. I read, you, I know how you got there, but.
1: You know, writing that, Ra- I thought that was weird. Robards
0: or Roberts. Roberts? Roberts possibly.
1: Yeah, look at that. Jason Robards. Roberts. Yeah. Oh, the guy who played the uh, yeah, the guy who played the uh, the editor-in-chief. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that is actually... Sorry, not Jason Robards. Also Richards. famous for
0: Once Upon a Time in the West. <laughs> Magnolia. Oh, he... he died in 2000.
1: Oh, he was the old guy in Magnolia. Yep. Oh, like I know who he is. I've seen him before in He was in Little Big
0: League. <laughs> he was in Philadelphia.
1: Okay, Little Big League. You see who you're talking to?
0: You've never seen Little Big League? It's
1: a sport-related movie. It's
0: a kid sport-related movie. I saw Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year is an amazing movie. Yes, it is. Have Little you see Angels in the Outfield? Yeah, it's okay. Christopher Lloyd. Then,
1: <laughs> and Danny Glover. Then it
0: should not be that far <laughs> off that you haven't seen Little Big League.
1: I don't know. This is... Have you know, yeah.
0: You've seen The Mighty Ducks?
1: <sighs> yes, I grew okay. up. Okay, Good. so let me retract my It's a Thank Sport you. movie. Because apparently as a child I watched... Every I've never seen movie. The
0: Sandlot, and people okay, get up I've on my seen jam that for either. that. I just so. don't care for baseball. Okay, remember when I said we were going to so. keep it above the
1: movie? <laughs> we're trying to keep this fun flowing. So, um, Mostly because
0: it's late and I'm tired.
1: Yes, um, it was, but it won for Best Sound. And as I made a comment earlier in during the film that I actually I, I see why it won for Best Sound mm-hmm. because and this kind of flows into my technology. I have two things marked oh, down yeah. for technology. So,
0: so it won for the eight Oscars it was nominated for? It, no,
1: it won for four. It was nominated for the best actress, best director, best film editing, and best Picture, but it won for best actor in a supporting role, best art direction, best sound and best writing.
0: So it won it was nominated for eight total. Yes, and it, it won, won four. four. That's what I said. It won four of no, the eight. No, you said
1: it's so it won for it won for the eight.
0: No, four of the oh, eight. See. It was nominated for.
1: It came across eight. as it won four of the eight.
0: You are literally sitting across <laughs> from me. <laughs> Keep talking. So Technology. Anyways.
1: So the I see why it won for best sound because the best sound if you, when you're watching this movie there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of moments in this movie where there is sound overlapping the dialogue a yeah. lot or like the sound is quiet in some spots like earlier in the film when uh, robert redford is in the courtroom and he's trying to listen to the talking of the five people that they caught at watergate and he's trying to listen to it and you can't quite hear them because they're talking quietly mm-hmm. and like in a regular movie you would have heard everything they would have said because it would have been important to the plot or whatever right. and later on when uh, uh dustin hoffman's character is interviewing the, the lady outside and an airplane goes overhead like that's all like they do that so often they make it realistic the sound is not a Hollywood sound. It is a what you would have heard in real life sound. Right. And I just... I see why it won for best sound. Because it was a very well done sound mixing thing. Number thing. two for the technology. <laughs> <laughs> um, I pointed out... And I actually, I stole this from you. Because this was your trivia. It was. But, but I kind of
0: did it in case you wanted to do it for technology. Yeah,
1: because it was technology related. Um, while you're watching this movie, you might notice it. Sometimes it, it might go by because it might just be a subconscious thing. But... There is moments in this film where there is an actor close to the foreground. Uh, for example, when Robert Redford's, I think one of the times he's on the phone talking to people, uh, he's in the foreground at his desk talking on the phone, and then on the as you're watching it on the right hand side of the screen, then on the left hand side of the screen, the people in the distant background, uh-huh. they're also in focus. Right. And you'll notice about halfway between them that the camera lens actually gets a little blurry and like what the it is mid-ground. like the mid ground between As opposed those to foreground two.
0: foreground and background right the mid ground is
1: blurry and normal lenses do not work that way if you have like a dslr camera and you take a picture you'll know that what does usually stand for? is a digital don't ask me the slr oh, okay. i'm completely forgetting right now That's it's fine. too late at night <laughs> i'll post it on the website a long when i movie. have time it is a long movie um but it's a, the, like, the, like the normal digital cameras these days that actually have like a real lens. The DSLRs, if you take a picture with a normal lens, you'll get stuff in the foreground in focus or stuff in the background. You can't get both right. unless you have a very particular type of lens with a wide depth of field uh, or deep depth of field. So, but what you got is there's a special type of a lens and it's, the lens is called a split diopter. And what it is, is it is a particular type of lens that actually allows you to have two different points in focus. It's designed in a way that will allow you to have the foreground and the background in focus simultaneously. And it was the 70s that started reusing it, but it wasn't made in the 70s. It started being used in the early 1900s. And there are a lot of the popular movies that it's been in uh, is like Vertigo and oh, okay. The Good and the Bad and the Ugly. Um, A Clockwork Orange, which, as I know, is on our list. Yes, it is. Uh, the Shining, which is not on our list. <laughs> uh, and Jurassic Park. Why and did you
0: have to bring it up?
1: <laughs> I just assumed you were going to bring it up. Uh, and then Shining also Scrubs.
0: Yay, it was used quite
1: frequently in scrubs, apparently. Scrubs. So, but it's just, in it, you might notice that once you watch the movie, they use it a handful of times in this film, and you will see it in other films, like Savior Private Ryan used it. And there's I think
0: a, that's on this list too.
1: Yeah, there's a ton of other movies that use that that split depth of field like that. And it's kind of an interesting, different technology that kind of got a resurgence in the 70s, like particularly this film.
0: All the way into 1994.
1: I know. So that's all I have for uh, oh, okay. awards and technology. So this I will... isn't
0: going to be the longest episode ever.
1: Why? The fact that we're nine and a half minutes into it and we're already at the trivia? Yeah.
0: All but right. I have a lot of trivia. All I right. have like five pages. All right. It's interesting. <laughs> it is literally, it actually is almost the entire trivia section on IMDb because it's all interesting and relevant. So don't. And read... it was a lengthy one. So okay. it's not like modern times where I pulled almost all the trivia because it was like
1: all the trivia. Ten things. Yeah.
0: All right, and normally when movies like this
1: are. (laughs) 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 (inaudible) (inaudible) (laughs) (inaudible) Trivia. okay normally wow, movies i like had no sometimes, enthusiasm about that sometimes
0: movies like this actually the trivia is really boring especially when it has to do a lot with the writing okay but the writing for this one was actually really interesting like all the drama that went on behind it sorry my eyes super itchy
1: i see why I also won best writing too yeah because it definitely the, it was it written, was
0: a book first
1: right and i mean it was because it was it's based on the book that the yeah. two real that authors Woodward wrote so I mean, it was very Bernstein. well, well written. Yes. Or uh, what is it? What did you call him? Uh, Uh, Wardstein? Word,
0: Woodstein. 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 <laughs> that is not one of the we things learned I Bernstein. learned from this film, but it's it should. It's Woodstein.
1: Woodstein. Yeah. The Original Brangelina. Yes. As you put it. Yep. That's what I said. <laughs> okay. Go. All right.
0: Frank Willis, the security guard who discovered the Brankin at the Watergate complex, plays himself in the film. Ooh,
1: interesting. What British a, director
0: hmm. John Sch- John. Schlesinger, declined an offer to direct direct, as he felt the story of Watergate should be told by an American.
1: That's cool. That's cool. It's
0: kind of like, what were we watching? Oh, it was Titanic when Christian Bale wasn't allowed to be Jack Dawson because otherwise everyone would have been British.
1: Yep. Roll it.
0: This was the first film Jimmy Carter watched during his presidential tenure. (laughs) The furious volley of typewriter keys striking paper in the opening scenes was created by layering the sounds of gunshots and whiplashes over the actual sounds of a typewriter, accentuating the film's theme of words as weapons. This is also why the closing scene has a typewriter printing headlines with the sound of cannon fire from a twenty one gun salute in the background.
1: It is very, very pungently like the the sound. Yeah, it's very loud and in your face. I didn't realize that it was guns and whips, whips yep. though. That's kind of cool, though.
0: I thought so. Two. Two. Two on-air ones. <laughs> on I've airs. yawed, like, three times while yes. Jeff was talking. I waited. <laughs> During TV news coverage of the true identity of Deep Throat slash W. Mark Felt that aired in 2005, so the year of our Lord, 2005, which would have been our freshman slash sophomore year of college. Yes. Depending on what time of year it was. Mm-hmm. Could have been our sophomore slash junior year of college. Robert Redford stated that they tried to film in the actual Washington Post newsroom, but it proved impossible because many Post employees were too aware of the camera, and some even tried to act. <laughs> really? Redford stated some employees would disappear into restrooms and apply makeup. The production team recreated the facility at a Burbank studio in Los Angeles for a reported $4,500,000. No. four hundred fifty. $100,000. No,
1: 400, yes. Yeah, yes,
0: 450, yes, you're right.
1: okay. 450. 450 450,000.
0: Not 450, 100,000. I'm really good with numbers. <laughs> obviously. It's so
1: a So 4.5 million. A, good dollars. thing I never have
0: more than like $200 in my bank account
1: okay? <laughs> You'd have hundreds of 20s. Hundreds of 20s of
0: dollars. The post did, however, cooperate <laughs> with the productions of requ- Production quest for authenticity by shipping several crates of actual newsroom refuse that included unopened mail, government directories, Washington telephone directories, wire service copy, calendars, and even stickers from Benjamin C. Bradley's secretary's desk.
1: So they just dumped a whole bunch of their. That's cool, though. It's cool that it's like legit stuff.
0: Washington Post boss Catherine Graham who was initially very apprehensive about the film using the paper's name, loved the film, and later wrote a letter of praise and approval to star and co-producer Robert Redford. That's cool. I cannot hear out of my right ear all of a sudden. Like, I did something and now it's, like, totally plugged up.
1: <laughs> it's broken.
0: I think I have whatever summer colds going around. I've been <laughs> miserable all day. All right.
1: Number three. Three. <laughs>
0: The telephone number that Robert Redford dials for the White House is the real number of the White House switchboard, which is 456-1414.
1: I was just saying, I made that Now, comment. I don't know
0: if that's still the White House switchboard number. Jeff's going to call <laughs> it real was gonna quick. I going to call it you real quick, could but... Google it. Oh,
1: yeah, I suppose.
0: <laughs> Jeff well, kept yelling really at them during board? the... Jeff kept yelling at them during the... Uh, movie to just google things (laughs) i do that sometimes too like movies from the early 1990s when i'm like can't you just call them on their cell oh
1: oh wait (laughs) why is she running in the woods away from the killer can't she just call no she can't
0: while you're looking that up i'm
1: gonna look that up apparently the current white house according to google (laughs) the phone number is 202-456-1111 okay
0: like I said, this movie is from 1976. It's possible so it's,
1: they changed their number. Yeah. Though my parents have had this... Well, my dad's had the same number for the last 35 We've years.
0: We've had the same phone number for a really long time, too.
1: You don't care, do you?
0: Nope, not at all. No. One scene involving Robert Redford on the phone is done in a continuous six-minute single take with cameras tracking in slowly. It's is towards the beginning of the movie. Okay. Towards the end, Redford makes a mistake. He calls the phone caller by the wrong name, but as he stays in character it simply appears genuine and that this and this is was the take that was used in the final cut. It felt real. Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't. Sorry, did I? Did no. I interrupt you? Okay. No, no, no. Sorry, I didn't want to stop I kinda you. I kind of
0: pause <laughs> for your reactions to my my. Which are generally me going.
1: That's cool. Yeah. Um. No, it was actually. It was. I, that's the one thing I noticed about the acting in this film is they tried again with the sound. They tried making it as real as possible. Mm-hmm. Just the little nuances, the way that people talked and breathed. Oh, and it waited. even gets
0: better. Wait till I get further into my trivia. It gets and then even better.
1: Real quick. What did you say the switchboard number was? So, one,
0: 456-1414. Four, one, four. That is
1: still the current switchboard number. Nice. According to the White House. Gov, it's 202-456-1414. Fancy. In case you wanted to call the switchboard. So, I don't want to dial it anymore. What does the switchboard actually do? I don't know, because it used to be a lady in charge of yeah. it. Yeah. So, now it's probably Not just a voice recording. a lady.
0: It could have been a gentleman. There
1: usually could have been gentleman
0: telephone g- operators. Gentleman
1: telephone operators. Yes, but we Don't you, be sexist. No. But when you thought about it... Yes, they're It's all a, we woman, right? a woman, right? <laughs> I'm not being sexist. I'm just...
0: I don't know. What were we watching? Oh, in Valkyrie, I think there's dude switchboard operators. Were they German? Yeah.
1: Well, there you go. Joke.
0: <laughs> okay, continuing on. Oh, onward. that's
1: going to come off really weird and wrong. Sorry for anybody who's German. I'm German. Oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I'm Italian, so... I'm, just...
0: I'm, like, predominantly German more than I'm anything else. <laughs> I when Kenneth... my seat back here. <laughs> when Kenneth... We <laughs> Sorry, what? Let me talk. I'll let you talk. Go. <laughs> when Kenneth Dahlberg tells Bob Woodward on the phone, yes. I've just been through a terrible ordeal. My neighbor's wife has been kidnapped. He's not lying. On July 27th, 1972, a few days before Woodward called Dahlberg, Virginia Piper, wife of a prominent Minnesota businessman and a close friend of the Dahlberg family, was kidnapped from her home in Minneapolis. She was released two days later in Duluth after her husband paid a $1 million ransom. Jeez. It sounds like something that happened um during like the reign of Bonnie and Clyde and uh John Dillinger and stuff.
1: Where people were just kidnapped and stuff uh-huh. like that and just held for ransom. And it
0: happened in Minnesota quite a bit, actually. After driving through Minnesota, no offense, all those Minnesotans out there, um, the bottom half of your state's real boring.
1: <laughs> well, we just lost those three people. Yep.
0: I drove across <laughs> it all weekend. When
1: you were on vacation.
0: When we were on vacation. Yes. Actually, the way back isn't bad. The way out there is kind of suck.
1: It's I think it's like any trip though. On the way it out is. of anywhere, you're more anticipating, a- yeah. anxious to get there.
0: I'm usually more anxious to get home because I'm tired of vacation by then.
1: I, I see. I yes, yes. Regardless. I guess it depends upon where I'm going to and where I'm coming from. Okay. That didn't make any sense. No. <laughs>
0: on uh, Tuesday, May 31st, 2005, in advance of a revelatory July 2005 Vanity Fair article written by his attorney and spokesman, 91-year-old W. Mark Felt acknowledged publicly for the first time that he was in fact the informant deep throat, a fact corroborated by Bob Woodward and the Washington Post. At the time of the Watergate break-in, Mr. Felt was the deputy dire- was the deputy director, the second in command of the FBI.
1: Damn. So it was definitely a high source that they were yeah. referring to.
0: Can you look up I think he just died. What was his name? W. Mark Felt like the fabric. Two
1: thousand eight.
0: Okay. So pretty recently.
1: Yeah, he was born I in nineteen thirteen. Yeah. So. I mean he was
0: ninety one in two thousand five. Yeah.
1: So, so he was he was he up was there. almost a
0: hundred, yeah. All right, this is where
1: he looks like it gets interesting. interesting.
0: With the writing stuff.
1: Okay.
0: Screenwriter Go. William Goldman was called to an impromptu meeting with Redford, the film's producer, along with Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein, the actual 2 Mm-hmm. At that time, Goldman's draft of the screenplay had been accepted and they were waiting on hearing from Woodward and Bernstein. I keep changing the way I'm saying it. I'm sorry. It's Bernstein.
1: Bernstein. It's
0: Bernstein, because the I is before the E. <laughs> yes. Or the E is after... Or whatever. The <laughs> I is after the E. Fuck it. At the meeting, they presented Goldman with a new screenplay written by Bernstein and then-girlfriend Nora Ephron, who did just die recently. Oh. Goldman refused to read the screenplay for legal reasons and walked out of the meeting. Only one scene from that screenplay ends up in the final version of the film, a scene where Bernstein outsmarts a secretary to get in to see someone. This scene was pure fiction and did not happen in real life. Woodward was allegedly unhappy with Bernstein's script as well, because it depicted Woodward as a naive, novice reporter and worshipper of Bernstein's superior talent. Woodward later called Goldman to apologize for the incident, telling him, I don't know what the six worst things I've ever done in my life are, but letting that happen, letting them write that, is one of them.
1: Okay, I'm sorry. You said... Nora Ephron, mm-hmm. I it registered in my head, mm-hmm. but it did not register as the which Nora Ephron you were discussing. Yeah,
0: that Yeah, I'm Nora sorry. I, I looked
1: it up, and I'm like, okay.
0: Can you look up William Goldman for a minute, too? Because I'm pretty sure he's who directed The Princess Bride. William Goldman. wrote The Princess Bride.
1: Gold- Man. Ding? Goldman. Goldman. Okay, go keep going.
0: According to Adventures in the Screen Trade, J- Al- I'm going to butcher his last name, Alan J. Pakaula. P-A-K-U-L-A.
1: Nobody said we were good at pronouncing names, okay, people?
0: William Goldman. Oh, drove William Goldman bar me asking for rewrites for scenes with the concert rejoinder. Don't deny me any riches. Goldman goes on to say that if he could have his career all over again, he wouldn't go near this film. What?
1: Sorry, I'm looking through the guy's... uh Oh my, okay, okay. William let's fill Goldman. in our, Ottoman,
0: our audience. Okay,
1: our people, ottomans. here we go. The guy, let's
0: fill in our ottomans. Oh,
1: let's fill in our ottomans. So everybody get down on their couches. Um, Footstools. Ottomans? Footstools. Footstools. Um, okay, uh, William Goldman. Yep. Okay. He wrote Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Okay, he
0: on the list. He
1: wrote uh, the original Stepford Wives. He wrote All President's Men. He wrote um, Heat. Okay. So the novel and then the movie that was, uh, or yeah, he wrote the original version of Heat, not the uh, Michael McMahon film. Okay. there's another another story. Michael Mann film. Michael Mann, not Michael McMahon. That's weird. Uh, also wrote the book, The Princess Bride, right. and the screenplay, Misery. He wrote Chaplin.
0: I thought Stephen King wrote Misery. He wrote the screenplay. The screenplay. screenplay for Misery.
1: Yes. No, sorry. I apologize. Not the book for Misery. Uh, wrote the screenplay for Chaplin, wrote Maverick. Uh, wrote The General's Daughter, Hearts in Atlantis, Dreamcatcher. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he. No, Stephen
0: King wrote Hearts in Atlantis.
1: I, screenplays. Thank you. Again. He's really. I think Stephen really, King wrote
0: Dreamcatcher, too.
1: Uh, he also wrote Marathon Man, marathon man which okay. was another movie that, uh, um. That's, that's a six
0: million dollar man. six million dollar man. <laughs> I get Dustin
1: Hoffman's in Marathon Man? Don't think it's the same What's thing. Mar-
0: marathon marathon man? Man. marathon man. Marathon Man? It
1: comes off as Marathon, okay?
0: Marathon Man? <laughs>
1: Dustin Hiffman? Nobody said that. Keep going, please.
0: Okay. Either director, There's Alan silence. J. Pacula. Pe- Pecau- I'm Frank. saying Pacula, Frank, <laughs> nor Robert Redford were happy with screenwriter William Goldman's first draft. Oh, sorry. This is a separate trivia fact. Oh, we're okay. not happy with his first draft. Woodward and Bernstein were not keen on it either, and in fact, Bernstein penned a draft himself. With his wife Nora Ephron, okay. Redford rejected this effort too. So he and Pekula pa- 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 held all-day sessions working on the script, interviewing editors and reporters throughout. I probably could have just had the last end part of that.
1: That's interesting that they've that they went through so many versions of the script, yeah. then with so many different writers, including From the a people book. who wrote the book. The book who, who this is all based to. on. Yeah. Uh,
0: Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford hung out in the Washington Post offices for months sitting in on news conferences. Such attention such was the attention to detail, the production design department even made replicas out of phony out of date phone books.
1: Huh.
0: Nearly two hundred desks costing five hundred dollars each were purchased from the same firm that sold desks to the Washington Post in nineteen
1: seventy one. Wow, attention to detail.
0: Yeah. A brick from the main lobby of the Post Building was supplied so that it could be duplicated in fiberglass by the production design department. <laughs> Nothing was allowed into the script unless it had been meticulously verified and confirmed by independent sources.
1: So they wanted to make sure nobody went, nah, that wasn't right. Right. Except for, apparently, the scene where he gets past the secretary. Apparently. That's the one scene that made it in. Yep.
0: All right. Warner Brothers agreed to finance the film only on the condition that Robert Redford, then the number one box office star, starred as Bob Woodward. Clever. William Goldman had to tone down the dialogue from editor Harry Rosenfeld, played in the film by Jack Warden. Rosenfeld in real life was so hilariously funny that Goldman didn't think that people would believe someone could be so spontaneously witty. (laughs) Redford felt that by casting him as Woodward, he was unnecessarily unbalancing the film. The obvious answer was to cast a star of equal weight. For that reason, he approached Dustin Hoffman at a Knicks game and offered him the role of Carl Bernstein. (laughs) This film is still shown to ast- aspiring students of journalism.
1: It's very well done. Mm-hmm. Like, the detective work that they do is, mm-hmm. is is amazing. It's very well.
0: This is 1976's second biggest hit after One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest from 1975, outgrossing such films as The Bad News Bears, the original the one, original obviously, one with, uh, and Mattel. The Omen, the original one, obviously.
1: <laughs> what? Both
0: of which were remade in about the same year.
1: And absolutely And were are both Terrible. terrible. Absolutely, And incredible. I
0: sadly saw both of them in theaters.
1: That's sad. I know.
0: <laughs> the film contains 25 telephone conversations in which we are privy to both sides of the exchange.
1: This should have been called All the President's Phones. It, it really should have. They are on the phone all most the time. of the movie.
0: The two lead actors memorize each other's lines so that they could both interrupt each other in character. This unsettled a lot of the actors that were playing opposite, leading to a greater sense of verisimilitude.
1: So basically, they... Ooh,
0: I said verisimilitude.
1: That's a giant word.
0: I can't do numbers, but I can do big words.
1: <laughs> Apparently, names and
0: numbers. $450,000. $100,000.
1: $100, <laughs> but big names, big words, not big names, big words, we got that. I got that. You got that done.
0: Hell? 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 Holbrook,
1: Hal Halbrook.
0: It's hard to say. Hal Halbrook was the first and only choice to play the informant Deep Throat. During the casting process, Bob Woodward, while looking at various actors' photo, headshots, and resumes, but not revealing Deep Throat's true identity, told and insisted to the director that Halbrook was the best choice to play Deep Throat. Halbrook, in fact, bears a strong resemblance to W. Mark Felt.
1: Yeah, he actually does. I was kind of looking at some pictures of him, and he I, that's why I made the comment that oh, he looks like a Deep Throat, because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they actually kind of looked the same. It was very good casting.
0: David Shire, who is the composer, Mm -hmm. his score first kicks in about 28 minutes into the film.
1: It's a long time before a score will show up.
0: Jane Alexander's Oscar-nominated performance amounts to a little more than eight minutes screen time. (laughs) Kind of like Anne Hathaway and her 20 minutes in Les Mis that earned her an Oscar.
1: Hey, she comes back at the end. Great. Still (laughs) haven't seen it. It's
0: good. The film re... This is fun. This is a fun fact for everyone.
1: As opposed to what? The last 10 minutes? No.
0: This is a fun fact for everyone. Okay. Because it has to do with the movie we've watched already.
1: Oh. Not the Sophie's
0: Choice. really... No, it's not <laughs> Sophie's Choice. The film reunites Martin Balsam and Jack Warden, who previously appeared together as jurors in 12 Angry Men. Okay. Coincidentally sitting at ends of the table directly opposite from one another. <laughs> It also reunites Balsam with Jason Robards, his, his, his co-star in oh, those A Thousand not Clowns from 1965, a film for which Balsam won an Oscar.
1: Those were not words. Nope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> film was originally R-rated for language. This was most likely due to the occasional usage of the F-word. It is more than occasional. They oh, say fuck okay. a lot. Um, rat fucking? Rat fucking.
1: <laughs> they said like 12 times? Yeah.
0: Not 12, that's an over-exaggeration. I don't know. Bit. I don't know. <laughs> they
1: came pretty close. It
0: was subsequently re-rated PG, most likely due to the historical significance of the material.
1: And now, currently, on IMDb, it does list it as an R rating. So, I don't know if they then went back and re-rated it again, or I don't I don't IDK. know.
0: They still show it in school, because I watched it my junior year of yeah. high school. Yeah, yeah.
1: I remember and I was not it.
0: old enough, technically, to be watching R-rated movies, according to the federal law. To prepare <laughs> for their roles, law. Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman hung out in the Washington Post newsroom for several weeks, observing reporters and attending staff meetings. Once, when Redford was standing in a hallway, a group of high school students came through on a tour of the newspaper offices. The students immediately started taking pictures of Redford with their pocket cameras. At that point, Bob Woodward walked by. Redford told the students, wait a minute, here's the real Bob Woodward, the guy I'm playing in the movie. Don't you want to take a picture of him? The students said no and walked on. (laughs) Hoffman also recalled that he had been asked by the post science reporter to fetch a new typewriter ribbon. Due to Hoffman's long hair and casual dress, the science reporter had mistaken him for a copy boy. (laughs) Oops. To ensure that both stars of the movie received top billing, Robert Redford's name was billed above Dustin Hoffman's... On the movie posters and in the trailers, while Hoffman's name was billed above Redford's in the movie itself, this same strategy had been used for the man who shot Liberty Valance from 1962, which paired John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart. It so says James Stewart, but it's
1: Jimmy Stewart. They f- so they okay, so they shared billing. Yes, slightly different depending upon the media that you're watching. It yep. that's cool.
0: Okay. Robert Redford was in contact with Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein before their book had been written and encouraged them to write more about how they conducted their investigation and less about the events they were reporting. And this is from the Vanity Fair article from April of 2011. The interior Washington Post newsroom set was built on a stage at Warner Brothers Studio in Bergen, California. The film production designer George Jenkins was a former New York Broadway scenic designer. Designing the newsroom based upon the actual newspaper's newsroom, George planned layout false sorry George's plan layout false utilizes false perspective in the rear set area to increase the depth and scale size for the camera. As the newsroom desks recede, the construction coordinator's prop markers cut each prop desk down in size to fill in and match the reduced scale for each line of desks. Shelving was also reduced in size. When filming the set's front action area, the extra actors filing in the background set scale were selected rel- related to their height, fulfilling the perspective scale set dressing relationship. Viewing the film, the false perspective of the studio set accomplishes the size and actual scale of the actual Washington Post newsroom.
1: I.e., they could not build the entire set, so they did so forced, they forced, perspective. forced perspective and got smaller Sorry. actors to be in the background, yep. that would look full size. That is ridiculously clever. Uh huh. Like it's and like a, that
0: was a ridiculously convoluted quote
1: and a crap ton of work. And I barely just to got do it that out of my mouth. I can't. A part of me almost wonders, like, how much money they saved by doing that instead of just unless they were just they did not have the the, the studio space. It's probably that because. I could not imagine that they're like, oh, well, we could build the thing full size and get normal actors, or we could build it and have it go smaller as it hits towards the back, and you know, save five grand on building the set. Like, I, I'm curious to know how much money they actually saved and why right. they did that. It's interesting, but you know, good for them because I couldn't tell that, and I'm good at picking stuff like that out. I almost want to go back Sweet. and
0: watch it. Crickets, crickets, <laughs> <was> so- crickets. <laughs> These are my feelings on the movie. Crickets, oh, oh. cricket! No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> are you done so, with your trivia? I'm done with my trivia. So what we're going to have to do from now on is you're going to have to say, like, when you're done? Oh, sorry. I normally say that's all. I never know when you're done. I'm done. The last two times I have been sitting here, like, waiting for the you end. to continue. The end. The end. So your thoughts on the movie, go.
0: Okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> sorry. The thing is... S- yes. Is that <laughs> I... Feel that Fields. I may why like this movie more if A I can learn how to talk, um no because it reminds me a lot of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, okay which I love, but is really hard to get your brain around the first couple of times you watch it because it's n- there's no action in it. Mm-hmm. It's just talking and figuring out what's happening. And that reminds me a lot of that.
1: And, yeah, that's all... What's th- the
0: other movie I'm thinking of that it reminds me of that's like that?
1: That's a lot of what this film is. Yeah. It's it's, it's two people sitting trying to figure out what's going on, and they're, they're reporting. It's a two-and-a-half-hour movie about two guys reporting. Yeah. And... Trying to figure out what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So And Tinker
0: Taylor Soldier Spy is a lot like that.
1: There's not a lot of action. There's not a lot of stuff that goes on in it. No. It's primarily just, hey, look, here's what's
0: now if Benedict doing. Cumberbatch and Tom Hardy and Gary Oldman had been in this movie, I may have paid attention a little more. I didn't like this movie in high school. And I still like I don't I still don't like it now. But it did I was hoping I was hoping coming into it that because 'cause I'm I was like seventeen my junior year of high school around my junior year of high school. Yep. That's the last time I saw this movie was my junior year of high school.
1: Okay. And?
0: I didn't like it then.
1: So you were kind of hoping that maybe you would like it? Maybe as I
0: matured and my interest in history has gotten more substantial, I would like it better. And I don't.
1: See, I don't care for a lot of the whole Nixon stuff, the whole Watergate thing. Like, I'm yeah. not intrigued in that. We were discussing before, when the when the, like different the started. different history things
0: that interest us.
1: I am hugely fascinated with the JFK assassination. I really, am, I'm, I'm not saying, like, I'm in love with it, and holy crap, it was amazing. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm right. just saying I'm really fascinated with all of the stuff that happened around that. Mm-hmm. I would get into a movie like that in a heartbeat. But... You know, like a movie like this, this is just not the time frame that I care that much about, and I think I've made a comment well, and about. Made,
0: and I also made the comment that you can tell it's from the seventies by it's the way slower. it moves. It's yeah. slower. It's
1: it's that slower but filmmaking I don't mean style that
0: in a bad way. No, but...
1: it's not in a bad way, but that's it's we're pointing out. You can definitely see when you watch movies from different periods, you can tell that they're from different periods yeah. just by the way that they make the movies, how they make the films, the oh! pacing of the editing.
0: I remember the other movie that it reminds me of, Good Night and Good Luck, which okay. I fell asleep during. Three times before I actually watched the whole thing. And Network. Same thing with Network, it's, which I think is on the list. Is Network on the list? I
1: think Network is on the list. It's one of those movies where it's or it's it's a type of movie where you have to be in the right frame of mind yeah. in order to be able to watch it. You cannot just sit down in front no. of a movie like this just for the hell of it and be like, oh, let's just take a shot at this. Right. There's a ton of movies that I, oh, I flat out love that I cannot watch unless I'm in the right frame of mind to watch them. And this is just one of those movies for a lot of people. Now, I like the movie. I still get a kick out of the movie i like the whole them trying to break the case and trying to figure out i'm kind of like a detective like mystery right. person and more or less that's what this is i mean they're basically acting as detectives they're just going the route of you know being reportering right. reporter reporting reporting wow report i tried making For that the word record. Longer. it is
0: 20 to 10 on a wednesday night when we <sighs> both have had very full days
1: yes and very long weeks reporting so i i i still i still like it um i think i like it a little more than i did back in high school actually no you know what i think i might like it a little less fair enough i don't know i don't know which way I'm. I'm it it is may- new
0: to the list i should mention so it's the first time, it's, it's, been the first on time this list? it's been included okay
1: and i okay oh there's this okay. game okay so where's that on the list and why you think it's on the list you think it needs to be on the list yeah,
0: I think it needs to be on the list. It's another one of it's those an that's important an important movie part of, to American history, right? For the American Film Institute, right?
1: It's just like Titanic and stuff. Like, there's yeah. a reason why that's on the list is because it's very culturally important yes. to our history. It's
0: like, well, I mean, like Frost Nixon, I'm sure would be on this list once, you know. Yeah, once it, he got
1: to the new. Which I actually
0: did want to see and never actually got the chance
1: to. So so it's one which of which is I those...
0: because I'll probably hate that too. <laughs> I don't. Like, I don't hate all the presidents, man. It's just boring. <laughs>
1: It's slow, it's not your it's cup of slow tea. It's slow and boring,
0: but I like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy.
1: But there's more actors in there that you like.
0: But that doesn't mean I should only, that's why I should like the movie.
1: Well, no, I but... like Good
0: Night and Good Luck now that I've actually seen it and I don't like any of the actors in there a whole lot. Okay. I'm not like in love with Clooney or anything.
1: I don't know. Clooney's got charisma. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I like George Clooney, don't get Clooney. me wrong.
1: You, Clooney. Seen, you You've seen him. In, no, have you have not seen him in uh, uh, Revenge of the Killer Tomatoes, have you? Or Return of the Killer Tomatoes?
0: Uh, absolutely, I have. Did you see we him in watched that? that did you, we, me, and Karen watched that movie. Did we all
1: watch it? Yes. I couldn't remember if you were there. I know Karen yes. and I, I couldn't remember if you that's were there.
0: That's where Antoast comes from.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's Gosh. very charismatic in that film. So, okay, so I just realized something... Uh, so that was our opinion do you think the movie needs to go up or lower on the film no nope, I good? think it's fine where uh, it is I think it's good right where it's at it's nice that it's in the top you know three quarters of the list I guess it's not like 98 or something Robert um, Downey
0: Jr. is in Good Night and Good Luck
1: uh, I don't remember that I don't that. remember him in that either
0: okay
1: I should go back and check yeah, that I out really
0: should um,
1: that. so we're we're happy where it's at on the list yep uh, I just realized I did not do my things I learned from this film.
0: Things you learned from this film. So I will because do that Because you learned, real quick. like, two things from this I film. I learned
1: three things. Oh, okay. I kind of, yeah, I forced what Because three quarters of the movie had gone through and I learned one thing from it. And I was going to just leave it at that, but I learned three things. So we're going to do that real quick and then we'll wrap it up. Get okay. on to the next one. God, list. we've
0: got a really good bunch of movies coming up.
1: I'm very excited for what's coming up. Me to nice. too.
0: You know, the next five are, like, awesome.
1: So let me do this real quick and then we'll talk about them. Okay. All right, number one. Half the research done in this film would have been accomplished in ten minutes these days with Google.
0: Not sitting in this giant library, like the White House Library. for Going hours. through
1: paperwork, going through like like when they. I'm said, sure they
0: used microfiche. Yeah,
1: like when they made the comment, they were looking up who that guy was. Like they had yeah. a name, and like she's like, well, but I did find a photo. I googled him and had a photo and all his information. <laughs> now, granted, yes, that's. It's the change of the times. The Year of
0: Our Lord 2013.
1: It's 40 years later. But it's the point is is that like you like you can see in that time frame how much has changed.
0: Our parents were alive when this happened.
1: I'm sorry, number five. What?
0: Our (laughs) parents were alive when
1: this happened. Number two. Deep throat has the ability to simply vanish from sight.
0: He's Batman.
1: He is Batman. (sighs) And gone. And number three, rat fucking. Enough said.
0: Cheese dick and rat fucking. Cheese dick
1: and rat fucking are so so far two of the most...
0: I don't want to Google it and find out what it means. I Googled rat
1: fucking. Did you? Yes.
0: Did disturbing things happen? No, here?
1: actually, I brought up a Wikipedia page oh, about okay. what does it. Oh, okay. And by mean? the way, rat fuck is one word. Okay. <laughs> it's not two words, I thought. Um, it did, however, it was its slang term meaning to to cheat or to, to, okay. to yeah rip off people. It was, however, so, it has appeared in uh in documentation as early as the 1920s. It was brought to
0: attention by Woodward and Bernstein. Yep,
1: they were the ones that brought it to like public knowledge, but yep. it had been around before then because it was in a book. Or a story the uh, from act known to man. Edmund Wilson's The Twenties in 1922. Oh, okay. Look at that trivia right there about a word from the movie. I could do Ooh. my own trivia section. Ooh, moo, boo. That's there. I will kill you
0: dead. You will
1: not kill me dead because you will you be dead. sitting here talking to yourself then. Yes. So, with that said, what is the next movie?
0: Forrest Gump, yeah, 1994.
1: I'm so freaking excited! I love Tom Hanks. I love that movie so much. I love much.
0: that movie too.
1: I almost don't need to I watch it. I will
0: cry at this movie. No, we're watching, but
1: I want to watch it because it's been a few years since I've I seen it.
0: I will cry. It's so good. It dropped five spots. Why did it drop? Is I don't know.
1: Who are you people?
0: But Saving Private Ryan took its spot, so it's like
1: <sighs> okay. So Hanks Hanks Tom for Hanks for Tom Hanks swapped out Hanks with Tom for Hanks. Hanks. Okay, fine. I'll be okay with that. It's yeah, Forrest um,
0: Gump, and then in the heat of the night, okay. Silence of the Lambs, Butch Cassidy the Sun-sense, Sunsense Kid, Sunset Kid,
1: Sun-dance. Shawshank.
0: What did I say? Sun-sense Sunset kid? kid, Sundance Kid.
1: Because that's where Robert Redford did came up with the Sundance Institute. Yes. Yes, I ruined one of your trivia pieces for that movie no four kidding. episodes from now.
0: <laughs> Butch Cassidy the Sundance Kid. There you go. Shawshank Redemption. <sighs> Saving Private Ryan. Man. And then we have to do a clockwork Orange. and I'm so, going to cry. In the
1: Heat of the Night is the only movie in the next five that I... I haven't seen. I have not seen that one. I've
0: actually never seen Butch Cassidy and I've never seen Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Saving
1: Private Ryan.
0: Saving Ryan's private...
1: Very violent. <laughs> Lots of explosions. Lots of shaving accidents. Oh, Um, God. But no, so our next film is uh, Forrest Gump. Yep. Which will be our 25th episode.
0: It'll also be our last episode for the summer, because I start school the week after that, and then we have to try and figure out how the heck we're going to squeeze We'll have to cut
1: these back down a little bit once we probably, because I don't know when we're going to be able to do them. Like I don't know. Is it guaranteeingly Fridays?
0: Generally. Okay. I have cello ensemble in the evening, but I'm free after that. Okay. Unless it's weeks I go to Racine, and then it'll have to be Thursdays. Okay. Unless I just always go the scene <laughs> on Saturdays.
1: So tell us so more about your schedule case. for this fall.
0: My schedule for this fall <laughs> is, like, seriously, I'm at school on Monday for, like, 16 hours, and then Tuesday, Thursdays are really full. <gasps> I'm done at, like, five those days. And
1: you start drinking at two in the afternoon?
0: <laughs> no Wednesdays are generally where we have adult beverages. We have adult beverage lunch. Lots
1: of adult beverages. But my
0: Wednesday, I have like two classes and I'm done for the day. So,
1: so we'll figure out what we're gonna do with the episodes. But next yep. week's our number twenty-five episode, so we are a quarter-ish of the way through the list. I know it's seventy-six and we're on number twenty-five, so it doesn't technically line up. But we are twenty-five episodes in at least, and yes, that's we are. I'm excited because it's a next nice little week, milestone. For
0: we're us. gonna be a quarter of the way through the list. We'll have to
1: do something special. Cake,
0: cupcakes,
1: cupcakes, ice cream. Because I'm I'm sure the people listening are going to love that we're eating cupcakes the entire time. Um, (laughs) So, 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 Tom Hanks won an award for this, right? I come across something like Bill Murray, apparently, from uh, Caddyshack. Caddyshack. Wow, whatever. So, anyways, with that...
0: It's all Mel from here. Yay.
1: Yay! Good night, Radio Raheem. Wherever you are, man, I miss you so much. <laughs> it's been so long. It's been so since, long.
0: It's been so long since Do the Right Thing. I miss you so much. <laughs> Let's watch weird. Do the Right Thing again. Okay,
1: that'll be our special. <laughs> that'll be our special number twenty-five episode. We don't review Forrest Gump. We just Let's watch Do the, the Right, right thing. thing again. Live commentary. So, uh, yes. Alright. Goodbye, All right. everybody! Goodbye! Goodbye,
0: everybody! Goodbye. Oh, dear God, shut it down. I completely
1: forgot what we were doing. I was like, Oh are, my are god, we, we can we never ending?
0: record this late again. This is hysterically Why? bad. It's fine! <laughs> it's
1: cause I'm tired! The
0: episode
1: became no. a long episode!
0: <laughs> yeah, because I said, let's focus on the movie, and we... Actually, we didn't ramble that badly. In reality.
1: And what do we call what we're doing right now? Rambling!
0: <laughs> At the end of the episode, rambling! Da, 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 da. Rambling!
1: No, the
0: end sequence does not get its own theme song. does not get its own theme song. Oh, goodnight, everybody. Goodbye.
1: (laughs) For more information about this and other programming, visit our official website at www.ghosthat.net.